what is a character actor? This is one of those things that varies depending on who you're talking to. Some people say a character actor is a supporting actor that plays a specific type of unique role, but then they just play that over and over and again. I don't think that's true at all. I actually think a character actor is an actor with a lot of range that allows them to play multiple unique characters over and over again. And to me, that's kind of what makes a character actor a character actor. They're capable of playing often more eccentric, more interesting roles that are often cast in the supporting role often as comic relief or the odd person that they encounter at some point through the journey of the film. That's to me is what a character actor is. And Eamon is a fascinating person. He is a character actor in life. He's one of those people, if you meet him, you might think that he is playing a character because he's such a fascinating person. And I really enjoyed this interview with Eamon. I do need to preface this by saying that uh, the audio quality kind of cuts out it a bit. It's a combination of the quality connection and Eamon's voice. That is just the way he talks. He speaks, he'll say something, pause for a moment, give whatever he's going to say a thought and then speak again so there's these kind of odd sounding pauses which contributes to him personally being an interesting character i had the pleasure of working with him in a film a few years ago and he was just fantastic and so i was super happy that he agreed to come on the podcast and chat with me so without any further ado, here is my interview with a brilliantly entertaining person by the name of Eamon Elliott. Welcome to Diary of an Unemployed Actor with me, Milo Dennison. Today, I am joined by the very talented Eamon Elliott. And we are going to, well, talk about acting, I guess, hence the name of the podcast. Welcome to the show, Eamon. Thanks, Milo. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad, uh, glad, to, glad, glad you agreed to come on because it's interesting, like with you, um, and we kind of were talking about this the other day when I was asking you to come on the show, is you're, you're considered kind of a uh, character actor. And yeah. I, I find character actors brilliant. And for anyone listening... I think there's a bit of a, like, well, what exactly is a character actor type of stuff? And for me, I think of character actors are those talented people that are not, you know, the star of the film. They're the ones, you know, the supporting cast, but they do tons of work, yet nobody really knows who they are because of the fact that they do such a convincing job of uh, becoming these characters. Would, would you say that's an accurate description? What the years now, you kind of you see faces... And you're kind of going over the in different films. And you're kind of going, I know that person. I know that person. You'd always see them in films. They'd always be working. And you mightn't see a certain actor, a leading actor. You'd always see the same character actors in different films. So <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, it, and, and I think character actors are much more talented because they're able to actually play these unique characters. Like when I watch, and nothing against like... Um, I don't know, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? I think he's a very talented actor and I love the movies he does. But 
if you watch a DiCaprio movie, it's it's him, right? He's playing, you know, he, he, his characters are different from movie to movie, but it's still him. But you look at some of the people around him and you might not recognize them, but they're probably in tons of movies. And I, do you know a guy by the name of uh, Stephen Root? Have you ever heard of him? I've heard the name all right. He's instantly, anytime I hear the term character actor, he's who comes to mind. So um, have you seen, you've seen Office Space, the movie Office Space? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, if you've seen Office Space, he's the stapler guy. Oh, yeah. So he's that guy, the, uh, take my stapler. I first found out about him in a TV series called News Radio that was in the States, but he's also been in like Dodgeball and all these other movies. And, and I looked him up in preparation for our conversation and you look at him on IMDb and he's got 247 credits next to his name. So he's literally constantly working and yet kind of that thing, like if you were to say his name, 90% of the people would be like, I have no idea who this guy is. To me, that's what I think is a very talented character actor. And with you, I think of you that way too. So I was looking over for you. Uh, I was looking over your Instagram earlier. And to anyone listening, I would absolutely recommend follow Eamon on Instagram. Um, I'll throw a link in the show notes. <laughs> Even like the most recent, like six or seven, you've got uh, you're a mime for one. And then yeah. next to one with the mime, there's like a, it's kind of blue with these weird um, glasses things on. Oh, that was, that was a music video I did where I, I was a mad scientist. A mad scientist in a music yeah. video. There you go. So uh, mad scientist. We've got, um, yeah, just all these fantastic uh, characters, the, the full gambit uh, if you go through your Instagram, and I think it's brilliant. How do you find roles or how, how do you get cast in a lot of this stuff? Uh, people come to me and we do this, we do that, and they see, see what I've done before. And uh, for some reason, I get really mad characters. <laughs> but I don't mind. The first music video I did for Bab Galhar was uh, it's a paranoid thief with a, a briefcase of mo- uh, money. And uh, God was looking at me. So I just went into the whole Dan Stavsky thing, really into the character. Then he had me do, no, he had me do about eight videos. Then people saw those and saw me different things then, and that was it. <laughs> Besides your Instagram, you also have a really good website, which has a lot of your work on it. And this, to anyone who's an actor listening, take a look at Amen's web, uh, website as well to help get an idea of how to promote yourself as an actor. Because what you, you do on your website is you break it down too. There's like music videos, there's film, there's stage. So like people can actually look at different things that you've done and you put it all in one place. So if I want to find out about you, I don't have to like go to YouTube and do a search or go to IMDb. I can actually just go straight to your website and see a lot of the stuff that you've done because it's all nicely laid out on your website. We talked about uh, character actors. I always think of David Kelly. We go, who's David Kelly? It's in Charlie and the Chocolate I'm, Factory. I'm just thinking the same thing in my head. <laughs> so go yeah. ahead. Who is he? He was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the granddad in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. He was in Faulty Towers as the way, as uh, O'Reilly. He was in one episode of that that made him famous. He was in another series, Robin's Nest. He was in Into the West. He was on loads of stuff on she in the beginning. And then he moved to England, stuff over there. You always see his face, and he's always been working. 
we always, the thin man like myself, the thin man, he died a couple of years back. Now we kind of go, if I do as well as David Kelly, I'd be fine. <laughs> if you could stay working like consistently like him. Yeah, so he, he recently, did you just say he recently died, right? Yeah, a year or two ago. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm just looking him up as you were talking. Uh, he's done a ton of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's interesting with uh, character actors because yeah, they're always working. And people kind of have this kind of negative view because it's like, well, they're not the A-lister, so they're not this and that and that. And it's like, yeah, but I, I think they're more respected as performers in my, in my opinion. I mean, I, I certainly find certain character actors much more uh, fascinating and, and, and well-skilled as performers. Like, where did you, what, what did you study? Where did you study at? I studied in the focus theater. Okay. That was it. Four years with Stanislavski. Okay. So you probably must have gone to school around the same time I did then because when I was in school, it was all about Stanislavski as well. And now it kind of seems everybody's really into uh, like uh, Meisner, which I know is kind of a subset of Stanislavski. But um, it, it's interesting. You don't hear Stanislavski as much anymore as an uh, acting technique. When I started off... Uh, in my 20s, I've always wanted to act. I got the chance to be in a play. Nearly every actor in, in Ireland was in it. Uh, Alan Stafford, everyone, uh, all the Brennans were in it. You'd know that all the dynasties, Eden Grinnell, Christopher Casson, all the really great Irish actors were in this play. I had a book on part, and... Uh, a scene that Anna Manhan and Beryl Fagan were in. I just walked across the stage. We're talk, talking about the Colchies. We're going to swarm into the city at the 8th of December. I was one of the Colchies. I walked across the... I gave um, Anna Manhan a filthy look and uh, said to Anna afterwards, I said, OK, and she was, I was afraid you were to kill me. She was, <laughs> she was a lovely person. And uh, she went on then to an Pony Award. She was lovely. She was a lovely person. And uh, from that then, I was kind of, I got to know a lot of the actors there. And, uh, like actors, actors I really admired. I got to know them better. And they told me about, that they went to the focus theatre. I thought I must do that. So I did. So how did you get cast in that in the first place if you hadn't really ever done anything prior to that? Like, did you just see something or know somebody and they're like, hey, come audition? It's just an open casting. They're just look, they were looking for extras. And... Uh, I was a peasant going up to the monastery. If all the kids run up before me, I went up very slowly and pretended I was I couldn't walk. Derek got off the stage and came down and helped me helped me up onto the stage, <laughs> and then it became part of the play. So he does every night, but, uh, things like that. Oh, that's a good idea. So, so you did, I think, kind of what some people like, kind of be the character a little bit even before you walk on stage or in front of the castings. Do you do that now a little bit when you go in for an audition? I did a film there about two years ago, Land of Winter, by Tommy Cree, a brilliant young director. And uh, I played the homeless guy in it. And it was based very loosely on James Joyce's The Dead. And I was homeless guy in it that meets them a few times. And I interact with them and how they interact with them also damn shit to act differently. It was filmed at Temple Bar in the snow. Oh my God, the snow was, it was really cold. I said to myself, I wonder how, as a homeless guy, 
and going to be perceived by the public. So I sat in the gallery there of uh, photography there in Temple Bar. I had my great track suit on me and it was all filthy, like I had paint on it and everything really tatty that I used for painting the house. And uh, I had my head down, people saw me across the road. And it was amazing. I went up to the, the camera then, because it was going on. And there was guys there outside the pub, walking in front of the camera. And they're going, look, we're in the film, we're in the film. I told them what to do themselves. You're ready to go on now. And I said, yeah, he's an actor, he's an actor. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was great. I was, I was chuffed. I was chuffed now because I fooled them. I, I knew I was believable. Yeah. So little things like that. Oh, uh, that's brilliant. That was great fun. I, I, I was going to ask you, so you started acting in your 20s, right? Is that what you said? And I always wanted to do that. And then I was in the 80s. There was no work, so you kind of, if you had a job, you kept it. So I kept it, and uh, I went to age school in 94. Then I did another course in 95, but I always had, I always had to keep uh, my job to keep me going. And then in 2012, then, I went to study with the folk theatre, Gia Stanislavski, and uh, then employed at the time. Just, I'm unemployed. I wanted to lose. I did, so into the acting. I knew if I didn't do it then, I'd never do it. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because people I've talked to so far, you know, and know a lot of people say that too. It's like if I, if I, if I didn't do it then, I, I would probably never do it. And and it's an interesting thing in life that sometimes we get to this point in our lives where like, I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. You know, what happened to me was I, I always wanted to act and I did that play with Anna Manhattan in it and in 88. And then I uh, met Rebecca, Rebecca Wilkinson, who's Carl Wilkinson's sister. She said to me, she wanted young people. I was living in a house, sharing a house up in Rock Mines. She wanted young people to get involved in the Saint Parade. So first year, we did that. And then she says, that, you know if anyone can give you costumes? So I said, I'll ask them from the, the play I was in. Got those, got those costumes. And she asked me, she says she was doing a sketch in the, in the National Concert Hall. Did I know of anyone who could write? And I said, well, I, I write. So she wrote a comedy sketch for her. She performed in the concert hall. And then uh, she says to me, she says, I want to produce a show in the concert hall with Dolores Keane of the Furies, to promote the travellers. I said, yeah, we haven't produced that. Yeah, sure. And then we did the next year we filmed, we did one for um, people who suffer from depression, mental illness, with Johnny McAvoy and Pat Inglesby in it. And the, a few years later then, I was kind of a, it was like as if I was getting a tap on the shoulder every so often. And they're going, you should be doing this, you should be acting. So you're working full-time as an actor now, right? Well, whenever you can get work, I mean. Yeah. Like you don't have a regular uh, day job? No. Okay. Were your parents uh, big into theater and stuff? Was that a thing back when you were younger? My parents? Oh, yeah. My, uh, there was a theater in, in a job called the Theater Royal. It was knocked down the year I was born. And everybody went to the Theater Royal. Judy Garland came over. Everybody, Danny Kaye, huge big stars there. And they do a stage show, a film, and a stage show. Before television, I think everybody in Ireland knew about the Theatre Royal. 
So uh, my mum used to always go to that. <laughs> then she got to know some of the, the acts. And one of the acts was uh, Monica Bonney. She used to play the xylophone. And she was a good friend of mum's. And uh, so mum be always telling us about these kind of things. And she'd bring us to see a cruise. And uh, if Monica was playing in different shows. And then we used to go to Jack Cruz's show in the Olympia. It was kind of, he was a comedian. He was a summer show, variety show. And then he'd do a pantomime with the dame. And we start going to Maureen Potter then. I think because of my mum, I've always felt comfortable around artistic people. I got away to them and I got to know Maureen Potter as a kid and I started doing a scrapbook on her. I got backstage then after every show. I showed the scrapbook and have something else in the scrapbook. So there was always that kind of drive there. But, uh, I think my mum, my mum would have nourished, uh, nurtured that now. Is she, is she still alive? Is she still around? No, fortunately, mum passed away there last October. Oh, okay. What did she, uh, did she go to too many of your shows though? Was she still really supportive of it? I did a, a film called Frankie and uh, my dad passed away a few years ago. I based the character on my dad, kind of his, his way of walking. And when I saw the film myself, I thought, oh my God, you know when you, when you see yourself in the film, you're kind of going, oh my God, you should have done it this way, you should have done it that way. I looked at it and I go, that's dad. That's not me, that's dad. <laughs> I showed it to my mum. And my mum goes, is that you? And I went, oh my God, she says, my God. <laughs> and that was... I don't think mums ever give compliments, but uh, it was a compliment. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch. Was it intentional that you based the character on your dad, or was it kind of? Yeah, yeah okay. In the film, I had to, um, the banky, it was about an elderly man who escapes from a nursing home. That's how I based it on my dad. And his, his personality as well. Dad was very quiet and he was very placid in that. So I kind of put that into Frankie as well. But, my mum, when mum saw it, she was kind of very impressed by it because she saw, I think she saw that as well. It was nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, Silvana and uh, Claire, who I've already uh, interviewed both of them on this uh, podcast. So that's, that's great. That film's doing pretty well. Like it's in, it's been uh, in a few festivals, uh, correct? I, I haven't actually seen it. Uh, so I don't know much about it other than that, uh, the, I think Claire wrote it, Savannah directed it, or did they co-direct it? Uh, co-directed. Co-directed it, and, and you starred in it. So it just goes to show, character actors can star in a film. It was coming up to uh, Dad's birthday. Dad's birthday was the 9th of January, and Mum's the 11th of January. And I got word from Silvana that um, it was in a festival, and part of the festival, winning the festival, was that it would be screened in Pinewood Studios in London. Mm-hmm. And with some studio in uh, Hollywood. And it was just, oh, it just meant so much to me. Oh, that's lovely. Is it still going to be screened in Pinewood? Or is it, uh, you, like, when was that supposed to happen? I think it was meant to happen at the end of the year, say September or so. Oh, okay. So, so it should still happen. He's got now, Will. If you guys come over to London for the screening of it, if you decide to come over, let me know. We can go out for a pint or something like that. So tell me about, I didn't know this about you, that you did stand-up as a granny called Macy Elliott. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, what got you into stand-up? 
And then secondly, uh, where did this character come from? Uh, well, coming to Santa was, I was doing, uh, I got a friend of mine who was doing comedy. She ran uh, Comedy Dublin, Margot Carr. And she ran Comedy Dublin. I was an improv comedy group. I used to go down to support her and then she got me doing the door. And then she says, you should do stand-up. <laughs> so would you do stand-up? And I said, I don't think I do as myself. So I said, I might do it as a character. And then this Maisie, Maisie came into being, well, and uh, because Maisie is a mixture of Maureen Potter, my aunt, my mum. And it was just kind of a mixture of all of them. And uh, and I, I started doing it then, and I, the more I did it then, I started doing political satire. People loved it because I was doing, um, one night I didn't have stripped. And I was doing it in the heap, and I said, what am I going to do now tonight? And I read the newspaper, and John Burton was saying that people are not allowed to wear their pyjamas to the dole office anymore because it doesn't give a good impression. And I just read it out. <laughs> people were cracking up laughing. <laughs> Irish politics is so easy to make fun of. Well, nowadays, I think politics in any country is easy yeah. to make fun of. Uh, do you still perform as this character? No, I don't know, because... I just got tired of doing this. I'm going around. I had to bring into a suitcase with me. I changed in the in the gents or in the gents loom and then come out and do it. Something like that. It was just too it wasn't worth it then. I was just got, got fed up doing it. Wow, okay. It was kind of a stepping stone. It's like if I, if I do well at this, I know that I'm meant to be doing the act. Do you have anything coming up that you're uh, gonna be working on here pretty soon, hopefully? I was in did a film there last November, Wormhole in the Washer. And uh, in premiere now, maybe meant to be March or April. So I don't know whether, because of virus thing, whether it's going to it's still the same. And then a few some voiceover work there lately, and that you kind of you get spurts where you're in demand, and when you're not, you're oh my god, I'm going to go to work again. <laughs> and other times, then you come one after another. Yeah, it's kind of a weird life of being an actor because, yeah, I hear stories about that too by other actors. And it's like, you're either like working constantly or not working at all. Or, you know, you're really in demand or you know, nobody's calling you. And it's kind of a, it's weird how that works. It'd be nice if it kind of evened itself out a little bit. It's the best thing I ever did. And always, I'm doing now what I meant to be doing. Uh, that's great. Like I've once since I was a kid. As a kid now, I'd be kind of... We organize and shows on the, the avenue in Randler. We have all the other kids. <laughs> I'd be directing them in shows like that. <laughs> it was bound to happen. <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. My uh, my sister tells the story too about when we were kids. How I would basically kind of get the neighborhood kids together and put to, you know I would kind of like direct and and make a play happen and stuff with all the neighborhood kids and stuff like that. So when she so when I talked to her about like doing different projects and stuff, she's like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> uh, and, and it's funny because I don't remember a lot of our childhood and, uh, and she remembers like everything. It's really kind of funny because she'll remind me about stuff all the time. And so, yeah, you can kind of tell at a pretty young age sometimes what a person probably should be doing. And so that's great that you're actually doing that same thing that it kind of seemed like you should have been in. So that's, and that you've been doing it for so long. That's fantastic. And still, and still working. Okay. Well, we should probably wrap up here. Is there any like uh, social media profiles or anything you want to tell people about to, 
they want to track you down, any, uh, any voiceover casting directors hear your voice on this podcast and decide they want to cast, you know, contact you for any reason? I'm on, well, you already mentioned websites, mm-hmm. Instagram, a Facebook page as well. Okay. And I've always, I put up loads of stuff on that from videos. And... Yep. And it's called uh, Eamon Actor. Eamon Elliot Actor. That's it. Eamon Elliot Actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a group because it's not, um, I discovered with Facebook, we do a page to our hound and we for ads to do ads and uh, or to moat, you know, the way they do. Mm. So I found that if you were a group, you know, if you set up a group rather than a page, you didn't get the same hassle. So <laughs> it's a Eamon Elliott page group. I, I need to ask you about one more picture on your Instagram here. So it's kind of towards the bottom and it's you're sitting at the beach on like a inner tubey thing, a, you know, play toy and you're covered in <laughs> white. <laughs> what, what is this? That was for um, uh, my waist. It's a app and it's a website by Dublin City Corporation. And uh, there was an ad. It was a idea of wasting. We did it uh, last June. It was just to show how waste how wasteful people are covered in sun cream, sun uh, lotion, and then had to squirt things on my head. <laughs> it was such fun doing it, and. Uh, you never know when you're doing this. If you're thinking about comedy, when you're doing comedy, it's keeping a straight face. I was doing it kind of, and I can make sure like, I had done it right. And then the director said to me, Same, come here, have a look at this. I'll show you the rushes of it. And we saw it, and two of us were crying with a laughter. I've never, never laughed at my, my own performance before. It was just so, I just went into complete Mr. Bean mode. People kind of, some people say that I look like Mr. Bean, um, but I just went into the whole Mr. Bean mode, just complete stu- stupidity, and uh, I worked. <laughs> so that's what that is. So if you check it out, you'll see the video on um, mywaste.ie. You'll see my ugly mug, and then you'll see the video. Okay, so mywaste.ie. I will uh, look at that after we get off this call. Um, I can see the Mr. Bean comparison, though. That makes sense now that you've said that. Well, Eamon, I'm going to wrap it up here, but uh, thanks for a lot for uh, jumping on and chatting with me. And obviously, best of luck with your career. And I look forward to seeing you in uh, numerous upcoming things. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.